You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Waterloo. To find out more, visit oasiswaterloo.org. When I was a kid, my favourite TV show was The Virginian, which was all about life on a cattle ranch somewhere in the Wild West. Something about the setting as well as the stories just captured my imagination and still does to some extent. I love watching the films too. There are the classic tales of good against evil, one man against insurmountable odds. Stories like High Noon, Shane, The Man from Laramie. And then, of course, there are the cowboy and Indian films. Perhaps one of the most iconic of all westerns is The Searchers, where John Wayne plays a cavalry officer searching for his daughter who's been captured by an Indian tribe. I love this stuff and of course I was always rooting for the cowboys against the Indians. I had no sense of the troubling reality behind them, the history of genocide and and theft of ancestral lands. I also grew up on a diet of Bible stories, equally gripping tales of heroism and valour. Some of these were immortalised in song. Does anyone remember Dare to be a Daniel? I loved and I listened intently to the stories of Noah building his boat, of the Israelites fleeing Egypt and the destruction of Pharaoh's army, of the conquest of Jericho. I love these stories, cheering on Noah, Moses and Joshua. I had no sense of the troubling reality behind them, the history of genocide, slavery and forced expulsions. And looking back, I'm not sure this was just down to the naivety of youth. I'm not sure... Many of the adults around me thought of the stories in that way either. Whether or not that's true, these are issues that can no longer be ignored. The treatment of Native Americans is an injustice which cries out for restitution. And the stories of the conquest of Canaan still have ramifications to this day. But quite apart from the politics and the human suffering that results from it, These ancient tales from the Bible raise a huge theological question. Who is the God behind it all? The God who decides to destroy virtually all living things, who sends the angel of death through Egypt and wipes out Pharaoh's army, who commands the destruction of cities and the slaughter of their inhabitants. Who is this God who sanctions all this destruction? Why is the God of the Bible so violent? We may be tempted to ignore these questions, to put these passages to one side, along with a lot of other Old Testament stuff which just doesn't seem relevant. But if we decide which bits of the Bible we're going to engage with and which we're just going to ignore, then the Bible loses its power to challenge and transform. It just ends up reinforcing and validating what we already believe. So when we, side, when we sideline the difficult stuff... We sell ourselves short. We should also be aware that for many outside of the church, this is a huge obstacle to faith. Back in 2015, Stephen Fry caused a bit of a stir in an interview on Irish television when he described the God of the Bible as an evil, capricious, monstrous maniac. The language is typically extreme, but the sentiment isn't. And as our culture increasingly confronts some of the more unsavoury aspects of its history, these stories from the Bible, and therefore this God, seem to have less and less relevance or appeal. 
So we have to grapple with these issues at some level for our own sake and in order to be able to offer something credible to the world. But how do we do this? Seems to me that the key to this lies in our understanding of the Bible. If we view the, view the Bible as a kind of theological textbook or reference book, which we can dip into at any point, then these stories will be troublesome. Or we might think of it as being like a jigsaw puzzle box, containing all the pieces we need for our picture of God, in which case every piece has to fit somewhere, and the result can end up looking grotesque. An old approach, which is still popular, is to set the Old Testament against the New Testament, the vengeful God of the old against the merciful God of the new. Which sounds attractive, but it creates more problems than it solves. Because how do we then reconcile these two versions of God? Are they the same being? And although the distinction makes superficial sense, in reality, these strands are interwoven throughout the Bible. There is grace and love in the opening chapters of Genesis. And the book of Revelation contains some of the most vivid descriptions of judgment in the whole Bible. Steve suggested last week that we think of the Bible as a library of diverse texts written and compiled over centuries. Or in a similar vein, we might think of the Bible as a collection of stories, a kind of anthology. These pictures are pointing us in the right direction, but there are still difficulties. Does each text or story have equal value? If not, how do we decide which to read? We're back to the problem of pick and mix theology. Seems to me that the most helpful way to view the Bible is to see it as a single story. The story of God's dealings with his people over hundreds of years. It's often described as a love story, but it's also a thriller or a mystery where more is revealed as the story unfolds and where it turns out that some events earlier in the tale have a different or deeper meaning than we first thought. Reading the Bible in this way enables us to engage with those passages which are difficult to read, while at the same time understanding where they fit within the time frame of the overall narrative. We get a sense of flow, of something unfolding, rather than being static or flat. Reading in this way, we can take seriously the historical and social context, recognising that these are not timeless tales, but they are rooted in a time and place, even where the stories themselves are more like parables than journalistic reporting. The story of the Bible really begins in Genesis 12, where God calls Abraham and promises him that through his descendants, they would become a great nation established in their own land and through whom blessing would come to the world. The story of the Bible is the outworking and sometimes the recasting of these promises beyond mere nationalism to the point where the whole earth becomes the dwelling place of God and his people. So this was never meant to be just about Israel. This is the narrative context for the stories of the Exodus and the conquest of Canaan. In terms of social contacts, both in Egypt and among the tribes of Canaan, there is evidence of barbarity, including child sacrifice. By contrast, the social and religious codes given to Israel were very enlightened. 
These laws reflect a God of justice and order who will honour his covenant with his people, who therefore have no need to live in fear. A God unlike the capricious, insatiable gods of Canaan. These insights don't solve all the problems, but they do help us to see where these difficult passages fit. And so a good story will unfold for us as we read, revealing new elements, new twists and turns, maybe a few shocks and surprises along the way. Where we end up may be quite different from where we started. And in the telling of a story, we will also discover more about the characters within it. What is their story? their motivation? What are their hopes and dreams and fears? And this is no less true of the Bible. The character and nature of God is revealed more fully as the story moves forward. And perhaps the most important result of reading the Bible as a single complex narrative is that it enables us to see that Jesus is the focal point of the whole thing, as Steve was reminding us last week. The Gospels provide that key reveal, that ah, I see moment, which reshapes our understanding of what's gone before and sets the course for the rest of the story. Once we've read the stories of Jesus, we can go back to the earlier chapters and reread them in this light. And it is in Jesus that we see most fully who God is. Once we understand that Jesus is the word made flesh, the ultimate revelation of God, the lens through which we view the whole Bible, then we have a way of seeing where the rest of the Bible fits within the overall story. In terms of our question this morning, through Jesus we see that God's ultimate purpose is peace and reconciliation, love for enemies, and an open invitation to all peoples to enter his kingdom. It may seem contradictory, but this is the goal towards which those earlier events were leading. This is the big picture, the grand story. Reading the Bible in this way, we see that God works in and through the mess of our human existence, within cultures, in the midst of human history. Throughout history, and not just in the person of Jesus, the work of God is often incarnate, clothed in human flesh, in human culture, human history. We can't separate these things out. And most profoundly of all, with Jesus at the centre of our understanding, we see that God is not the perpetrator of violence and hatred, but the one who suffers as a victim. A God who engages with the violence of a broken world in order to create something new. Of course, none of this means that all the problems are solved. Just like all those who have gone before us, including the biblical writers, we see through a glass darkly. We know in part. We often work with fragments and glimpses. But we can at least grapple honestly with the Bible and help others to do the same.